Welcome to the Big Ideas for Small Business podcast, hosted by fellow small business owner, Tim Hayden. Welcome, everyone. We're glad you're with us today. I am tickled. I am excited to have one of my friends with us, uh, Ezzy Lucas. So, Ezzy, you'll jump right in. Will you please introduce ourself, introduce yourself mm-hmm. uh, to our listeners? Yeah, absolutely. Well, the first thing, something of interest, people find interesting about me that I had nothing to do with is that I'm actually the youngest of 13 children. Wow. So, 13's always been kind of a lucky number when you're the 13th <laughs> 13. child. Yeah, <laughs> 13. So, you must so. have seriously got spoiled rotten growing up if you're the youngest because the youngest always gets spoiled is what I've always heard. Well, apparently, my brothers and sisters seem to think that. So, there are <laughs> ten, 10 girls, three boys. So, uh, so come from a large family. I have two kids of my own. I have a 19-year-old who is about to go off to college next week. So glad to see that sort of transition into adulthood. And then I have a daughter who is 15, and she is obviously in high school, a sophomore, and just got back from New York City. She was able to do a really cool dance program there in New York City, and so just got back from there, which I love New York City. I'm in love with that place. So I have two teenagers, and I have a consulting business, so thank, so honored to be asked to talk on this podcast. I've been sort of blessed to have started and built and sustained two small businesses now, uh, one sort of a uh, franchisee of a major corporation type model and now with Skywheel Consulting and so the work I do is Skywheel and if people ask me why Skywheel it does have a biblical reference Ezekiel 1 19 through 21 talks about these flying wheels that accompany living creatures and sort of take on their spirit and go where they go and that's what I hope to do as a consultant when you are doing that kind of work you want to really immerse yourself in that organization and their goals and their challenges and really try to go alongside them and sort of help lead them to where they want to go. So that's Skywheel. In that, I do strategic planning for nonprofits. And so the basic form is just to help them have a strategy and raise the funding to do more of the phenomenal things they're doing in the world. So that's half of the work I do. And the other half is leadership development. And that's how, Tim, you and I know each other. And uh, Giant Worldwide has amazing content, and they're my content partner. So anytime I do leadership development, I use their tools, their content. In fact, the title of our podcast, I want to give Giant credit for, that's something we talk about. What are the blind spots in our leadership? Is there broccoli in my teeth? And if there's broccoli in my teeth, what is it? And so that's really kind of what Giant seeks to do, because sort of what, what, what we want to do is build leaders worth following, and we want to help leaders lead organizations that everyone wants to be a part of. So that's that's a little bit about me and why I'm here talking with you no, today. That, that's great. Well, again, <laughs> we're we're excited that you're you know you took time and, and for our you know our listeners to lean in and listen to where hopefully they can take some good notes or they can check out the notes on our podcast and have some good takeaways that they can do at the at the end of the podcast. So again, thanks for being here with us today. Yeah, absolutely. All right, well, hey, you've already introduced our um, you know our topic for today, but blind spots in leadership. Hey, so, uh, you know, and what's the broccoli in our teeth? Mm-hmm. Hey, so I'll, I'll just, I'll jump right in. Um, you know, we're going we're gonna to get to the broccoli in our teeth. But one thing I want to talk about is my first question, please explain what the five voices are. And AC, I'm going to do a, a little, um, I want to give our listeners a little bit of background. So last year, uh, myself and a couple of our managers went and we did a year's worth of training with Giant and you were my 
what I call group leader. I don't know what you would call it. What Serpa? Oh yeah, right. Yeah, Serpa. right, right. So uh, like into climbing the leadership mountain, right? It's yeah. a journey of growth, and you have to have a Sherpa to go with you. Yeah, that's right. So so you are a Sherpa, and you know I I learned a lot of good a, a lot of great content. Mm-hmm. Personally, I know a lot about behavior. We've been doing behavior assessments now since really 2011. But one thing that I learned with Giant that I think I'll carry with me the rest of my life is uh, is the five voices. So will you please explain what the five voices are? Yeah, so I'm going to explain it with a question if that's if that's okay with you. So have you uh, heard of Myers-Briggs? I have. Yeah, so most people have heard of Myers-Briggs. So do you know, it's it's a four-letter typing system, for those of you that don't know, and the principle is that our personalities are kind of hardwired into our DNA. And so Myers-Briggs sort of put this four-letter system around it. Carl Jung sort of was the foundational in that, but that's getting sort of too academic <laughs> there for, for what we need to talk about today. So I'll ask you this, Tim. What are... Do you know your four Myers-Briggs letters? I know my first one, and I know my last one. I know that I'm an E, and I know that I'm a P. In the middle, I don't remember quite as well because it changes a little bit. I think it was an N and a, and a, and a T. Okay. So I, I think that's what it was. So if you know your four letters, there's there are these tendencies tied into those letters, things that make you a rock star, that make you valuable to a team. But there are also tendencies that are your blind spots, right? Things that you can be doing that are causing challenge. So you're sort of a little uncertain about your letters. Now, if I were to ask you, do you know the letters of the, the your direct reports? I do not. Right. Okay. So it's a great principle. There's a lot of good stuff in there, but if you can't remember your letters and you can't remember the letters of the people you lead, it's not really helpful in applying to you becoming a more effective leader or helping others do that. So Giant came up with the five voices. So taking 16 personality types that none of us can remember to into five voices to help it be <clears throat> sticky and memorable so that you can then actually use the information. And the five voices are you've got Pioneer. Which I am, so <laughs> okay. just, just so our, our listeners can, can lean in. I'm a pioneer connector, but please go. I'm sorry. Yeah, absolutely. So you have pioneer, and a pioneer, what makes a pioneer valuable to a team is pioneers love to win, and they will win at all costs, and you tell a pioneer no, and they'll figure out how to turn it into a yes. <laughs> you tell a pioneer this can't be done, and they will say absolutely it can be done, and they often have goals that are way out here but achievable. So it's the we're going to take that hill and I'm gonna have a strategy to do it, and it's typically a winning strategy, and they they will win. You want a pioneer. They will innovate, they will win, and they're amazing at strategy. Now, where a pioneer's blind spot can be is they're so convinced of their idea and their way of winning, and it's usually pretty close to right on, they may run ahead and not listen to other people. Mm and not listen to other voices or value other voices or really not pay attention to voices that they don't think will help them win. And so people can often mistrust a pioneer and feel like they're just a pawn in their chessboard to win. And so that's a blind spot that if a pioneer doesn't get, they can have this great strategy and they can go win, but people will stop coming along and helping them do that. They'll disengage. So that's the pioneer. Connector, connectors are the people, they're the I know a guy, male or female. They are, they walk in a room, they're the life of the party. They'll be introducing you and say, Tim, I want you to meet Melissa. You guys should talk about XYZ. And then they'll walk around the room and connect other people. They're always about connecting people and relationships, right? Because they actually truly do want people to succeed. And they are very for people and for people 
getting what they need or having the resource they need or winning, okay? They're very charismatic. They're, I mean, I don't know if in your mind, if, if I say, if based on my description, can you think of someone who's, it, I know a guy kind of person and they're the absolutely. life of the party. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm thinking of the two in my mind right yeah. now. They come immediately to your mind. Mm-hmm. The tendency of a connector, though, the blind spot can be uh, over-promise, under-deliver. Mm. So they're promising to make all these connections. They might not remember how many they've said and who do I follow through with? Yeah. Who do I who do I make that connection? Or even in sales, they're the sort of the salesperson that goes out in the field and tells the customer, oh, we can do that, we can do this, we can, we can do all this stuff. Yeah. And then they go back to the team that's actually gonna execute on that. And the team's like, no way can we do all of that. <laughs> and so they can overpromise. Uh, the other thing, connectors, if they're in a leadership position, are all about ideas. So they can get so excited about the newest next idea and they can pretty much convince other people to get on board, but they don't allow the idea to actually come to fruition. Mm. And so they change directions. They're changing directions so much that people then will disengage because they're like, well, the idea is gonna change in two weeks. Why am I gonna do all this work? That's not gonna mean anything when the new idea comes on the table. Mm -hmm. So that's just a couple of examples uh, for the connector. The, but I think the value in a connector is they magnetize people mm. around them and they're a lot of fun they're often the people that can say the thing no one else can say and have everybody laughing and mm-hmm. i'm going i could never say that <laughs> um then you've got your guardians so guardians are very much what the title indicates they're about process procedure safety okay going by the rules creating the rules they're not typically outside of the box thinkers Pioneers, connectors, very outside the box thinkers, right? Guardians, not so much. Mm-hmm. They want proven, tried and true. They're the they're the lean, you know, <laughs> lean, lean six, six six. Sigma. Sigma, yeah. I mean, you know, proponents. Yeah. And that's great. And you need them. And they are the. If a pioneer and a connector has an idea, guardians are the ones that you want to make sure that gets implemented. They do follow through on time, mm-hmm. on budget, uh, but they can often be seen as uh, sort of. A Debbie Downer or your point you know this pioneer connector is gonna come bring this great idea and they're gonna tell you all the ways it can't be done mm-hmm. right so you need them they can work anyone under the table they love working hard and long hours they thrive on it mm-hmm. in a way that it would exhaust other people and so their blind spots can often be burning people out because they think everybody else should have energy from working mm. 14 hours straight <laughs> very little breaks on multiple things and it energizes them where it's like burning out other people Uh, the other thing is again they can be seen as um, holding back Mm. future progress when really they're not holding back they're just trying to make it safe so that's the guardian then you have the creative voice and the creative voice there's so much brilliance in a creative and creative doesn't necessarily mean I can paint and I can you know dance or draw it's 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 not that kind of creative so some people mistake it it's basically creatives can almost like see the future in a really uncanny way they can see the possibilities of the future and also the dangers of a certain direction you know they used to sort of send canaries into coal mines to just is it safe for the coal miners to to sort of go in there and sniff it out Mm -hmm. they're really good at sniffing out like Mm. what's gonna work what's but what's not what are the risks here They also um, have an amazing bank of really incredible ideas. The the challenge for a creative and the blind spot can be when it comes out of their mouth, 
people look at him like, hmm. <laughs> like, they, it's hard for them to communicate in a way that other people can get what they see in their mind. And so what happens a lot of times for a creative is they'll be in a room and they'll give an idea and everyone's like, hmm, okay. They've actually planted a seed by saying that. Someone else in the room says the same thing, maybe in a different way, and the whole room goes, that was that's a brilliant idea. <laughs> and the creative's back there going, wait, but I just said that. So I think the blind spot and challenge for a creative can be articulating in a way that people get what they're trying to see in their head. So uh, that's a creative voice, but they are awesome to have on the team and you want to tap into their brilliance. You just have to learn how to clarify and get the good stuff out in the way that they mean for it to come out. Then you've got your nurturers. So nurturers are the ones that have their feeler and pulse on people. How are people doing? How are people feeling? They are so critical at creating healthy culture. Because people, and I don't, I, I don't know how many of you guys have heard of Pat Lancioni, but he, he does a great job of sort of good common sense things, putting in a language that, you know, you can use and remember. How people, in his book, Three Signs of a Miserable Job, he talks about people need to feel known, that their work matters, and what's the score. Mm-hmm. And so nurturers are really great at that, helping people feel known. Like, I know you as a person. I care about you. I was in a group yesterday of welders. Okay, mm-hmm. so I was in a, a round table with some, some welders, and the person who had the most influence in the room, I don't know if he was a nurturer, but he definitely had that tendency. And the, you know, all of the guys were just stone faced the whole time. And I said, Well, give me an idea of like what it's like to be on this team. Like, how, oh, we're like brothers, we're like a team, we're like this. And they all came alive, and they were all talking about how this one individual would ask them how their life is, ask them how, you know, talk through some challenges they're having at home. And, and almost everyone in the room had this example. And even the, the leader of that team, sort of the director, said, yeah, just the other day I was bothered about something. And this other person that, that I identified as being a nurturer or having those tendencies said, this person came up to me and said, what's going on? What's wrong? So he had a pulse on something's off over here. And he said, it, it helped me and it turned around my whole mood of the day. And so nurturers are just instrumental in having that pulse on people. And they're it's really helpful in developing healthy culture. So the blind spot for a nurturer sometimes, they can conflict avoid and be resistant to change. Mm. So, so now that we've said, you know, pioneer, connector, guardian, creative, nurturer, if I were now to ask you, Tim, do you have an idea of your direct reports, what their voices are? Absolutely. Okay. I do. Okay. I do. So I, there you I go. know, and, and Essie, just to let you know, I, I do want to make a, a plug for Pat Lencioni. You know, he's my favorite business author. Yeah. He writes leadership fables, <clears throat> and they're really great. They're easy to read, and they're such great content. Mm-hmm. So the advantage was a, was like a combination of all these great books into one. So you yeah. read that book? I have not. Okay. That's, that's, a, that's <laughs> a, Put it on your list. Okay, I right. It, so, yeah. Really I'll audible good. it. Yeah, that's, that's, that's right. That's good. <laughs> But I think that, you know, we went through last year and mm-hmm. when we went through this with Giant and we had all of our all of our managers, you know, we had them uh, do the five-voice test, if you will. I think sure. it was a test that yeah. we did. Yeah, assessment. And, yeah, assessment. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And so we know, I know all my direct reports, I know what they are. I know mm-hmm. I've got nurturers and guardians. We have two creatives on our team mm-hmm. that I would not have known that if 
we hadn't done it. And it just gives you a simple way. I think you said, you know, make it simple and sticky. I can remember that a lot easier than I can try to remember four letters on everybody because it's just real hard to do, you know. Now, knowing that, do you adjust when you're having a meeting with those people individually or you're having to, to address a topic or a challenge? Do you adjust your leadership style knowing their voice? I do a little bit. Mm-hmm. But if I've got a group of an assortment of all people, mm-hmm. then I try to speak to the mass there. You mm-hmm. know? But yeah, but no, if I'm having a conversation with a nurturer, I know that they're people oriented mm-hmm. and they're feelers. So I know that I'm going to lean into that to understand that a little bit better as compared to, you know, a creative is going to have a different look than they do. And mm-hmm. a guardian is going to be very protective. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, and I know that I'm a pioneer. The, the opposite of me is a is a nurturer. So mm-hmm. a lot of times for me to go see the broccoli in my teeth, I ask someone who's the opposite of me. One thing I do, uh, Michael Brown, who went through training with us mm-hmm. last year, he's a nurturer. Before I have a meeting with our, with a, we have an all-team meeting and all, I go over everything with him because he's the opposite of me. Mm-hmm. And he can say, Tim, you may want to say this, you may want to say that. He gives me a different perspective. I think that what I'm going to say is fine, honestly. Mm-hmm. But he gives me some things to help to make that, to put all that together a little bit better. So Perfect. So that's exactly, exactly why Giant sort of came up with the voices and why we try to help people understand that. Yeah. No, that's good. <clears throat> hey, my next question is, um, touch on the point, and, and one thing I learned in Giant, know yourself to lead yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... So the first thing in leadership, we talk about five circles of influence, self, family, uh, organization, I'm sorry, team, organization, and community. And so you have to lead yourself. And honestly, the most effective leaders just do a good job of self-leadership. And so again, to lead yourself, you have to know yourself. You have to know what are the things I'm really good at that are helpful, but also what are the things that could actually drive people crazy? Like I need to be able to know that so I can lead around that. Mm-hmm. I, I think I think that's good, but knowing to me, knowing that, know yourself, lead yourself, but knowing your voice mm-hmm. to me is a real easy way. And and, to, and you you mentioned it a minute ago, you know, do I do I have meetings a little different if I know their voices? And I and I do because mm-hmm. I think that I've got to know myself and my tendencies. And I used the example a minute ago about the nurturer. Mm-hmm. It's important that we have some of all the voices on our team. I think that's very important and very healthy for organizations. So if you're if you're a leader out there that's got 10 people, it'd be easy to do an assessment. If you've got 150, it would take some time, but you may want to do it for your salary staff, mm-hmm. whatever it looks like for you. So, Well, yeah, and I think I think on that note as well, uh, when you talk about you know tendencies and know yourself to lead yourself, as a pioneer, because I know that I may have the tendency not to listen to other voices and to talk first and too much and too loud, intentionally going into a meeting and saying, I'm going to speak last. Mm. That's a know yourself to lead yourself. Uh, you know, there's a time I, I was in a um, corporate learning and development for a large corporation. And before I sort of was aware of my tendencies that could have undermined my influence, I, I was speaking too much. In meetings, I was speaking too much first. And I could sense people were starting to tune me out. And that was before I knew that's a pioneer tendency. Mm-hmm. And so knowing yourself to lead yourself is, okay, I'm going to go in this meeting and I'm going to want to speak first. But that's going to actually lessen my impactfulness and effectiveness in this meeting so I'm actually going to speak last that'd be that's an good. example that, that's real good and matter of fact I we talked about that last year mm-hmm. when we went through our training I and I was very intentional last year on doing some of that and you just may remember I need to start doing that I need to make sure I do that now so you know because naturally as a pioneer I'm going to be the and, but as a leader and as a leader of our organization we typically go first but I think that what I do I may throw a topic out there and let everyone else give give response and let me be the last one to respond you know in that example yeah absolutely 
Yeah, that, that's good. Stuff. That's good. Hey, so um, what are some what are some best practices to not have blind spots in our leadership? Okay, so if we're using the metaphor that a blind spot is like broccoli in our teeth, imagine if you're tr- actually at a dinner. Okay, you're at a dinner and it's with you know, I don't know, a, a client, someone that you're trying to you know become a partner of of, of your business, and you know, you're there in this meeting and you literally actually have broccoli in your teeth. How do you become aware that that broccoli is there? Well, if the person, I may feel it in my mouth. Okay. And I can ask someone to sit beside me, hey, have I got something in my tooth right here? Yeah, so you can ask. I can ask. Okay. Or someone at the table, that if I, and if I'm trying to, to will and deal with a new opportunity, if someone, you know, if I was going out with you and, I'm, and I've got... If you tell me I have broccoli in my teeth, it's not going to make me feel real good. Right. But, <laughs> right. but thank you for telling yeah. me, you know. Someone tells you or you've you've sort of excused yourself and you're in, in, in the restroom and you look in the mirror. That's right. Yep. Right? So you look in the mirror, someone tells you or you ask. Of those, and you kind of mentioned it, which one's the most uncomfortable? The, the one that, you know, someone's telling me. Someone's telling you, right? And so same thing in our blind spots in our leadership or tendencies that we have that maybe everyone else sees and we don't see. The best thing is to ask, right? So that's the most comfortable. Even in the example of the actual broccoli in your teeth, I could be sitting here going, man, Tim's got broccoli on his teeth, but he's like in the middle of his point. He's really passionate about it. Am I really going to interrupt him and make him feel really awkward Mm -hmm. and tell him? But if you ask me, I'll be almost relieved. Like, oh, I'm so glad you just asked me. (laughs) Yes, you do. (laughs) Please get it out (laughs) and then continue, right? And so that's the same thing in leadership. If we've got things that are blind spots and we ask and we make it easy for that person to tell us, it's actually a relief for them because they're noticing it. Other people are noticing it. I was recently in a um, in a group uh, leading, and we were talking about different different types of leader and how to you know not to get too into it. Are you a liberator, a dominator, an abdicator, a protector? Uh, that's no time to get into sort of all those descriptors. And so this leader, this director of operations, said, "Guys, I want to know. I want to know what kind of leader that that you think I am." And they all felt like <clears throat> he needed to you know. Um, bring more challenge to them in different ways uh, that he was really good at support. But in that conversation, there's a tendency that he had that he's had for over 10 years that, you know, he'd been leading some of these people over 10 years that none of them had ever told him. And five people in the room were like, yeah, you do that. Mm. You do that. Yes, you do that. And here's how that makes me feel. And here's, you know, it was something that was making them feel like he didn't trust them or he didn't think that Mm. they knew what they were doing. And they all felt it. So for 10 years, all these guys were experiencing this on the other side of this director of operations leadership. Never were they going to tell him. Mm. But once he asked for it, they were more than willing to share, and they did it in a really respectful way. And I, you could tell they were all relieved, like, thank goodness, now he, now he knows. Yeah, and yeah. he said, look, guys, I know that I do that. Here's where that comes from. It's going to be really hard for me to change, but I'm going to work on it. That's good. But, he was, but to me, an important word there, he was vulnerable. Mm-hmm. He sh- and he allowed his team to see his vulnerability by answering that question. He knows it's going to be hard to work on. But to me, when you in, in leadership roles and for our listeners to really lean in here is that you know if we're in, if we're the leader, people think we have every answer and we mm-hmm. know every question. You know we know every answer to every problem, and we know everything. But the reality of it is we don't. And I mm-hmm. think that with 
And I don't know if you can do it. We're, a, we're an organization of 150 people. I could not show my vulnerability to 150 people. I think that would be very hard and challenging. Mm-hmm. But I think that, but you know what? Our leadership team and our managers, for me to be able to show my vulnerability, and if I'm, you know, if, if we're in a season that's not healthy for whatever reason, to let them know that I'm not happy with that, but, but that, and to let them know how I really feel. Mm-hmm. And then they can help me to walk through or help our team to walk through that to where we can get through those seasons. But if you, but to me, you have to be vulnerable to do that. Mm-hmm. But and that and to me, you have to have, be able to trust in that in that group in order to do that. Because you don't have trust, you don't have anything. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, and it was a safe environment. We were kind of already there to talk about how we can improve as leaders. Having you know, being in a facilitated session, we're looking at a visual tool. Mm-hmm. It made it really comfortable for him to ask, and it, they really felt like he wants to know, and so they they were able to to do that. Yeah. So. No, that's good. That's good. All right, hey, um, as we're starting to close here, Ezzy, is what is one thing that the toolkit, and I've got my toolkit here in front of us, mm-hmm. um, uh, that you would like to tell our listeners about? Yeah, so one of the things about Giant and why they're the sort of leadership development content partner of choice is the use of visual tools. And, you know, part of my sort of journey to, to get me sort of in, in this line of work was I was with a large corporation on their corporate learning and development team. And so we had to come up with macro learning solutions that were going to be rolled out to, you know, a, a couple thousand people at least, right? Sort of top line managers of this of this organization. And so our guiding focus for when we were going to create programs were, is it simple, is it sticky, and is it scalable? And so on that note, a visual image can hold so much information and be sticky, scalable, right, to mm-hmm. a larger group of people, and, and simple, it simplifies it. And so, so, for example, if you were to read a leadership book to improve on your leadership, mm-hmm. you might remember a couple of key takeaways. How would you actually scale that to your organization of 150 people? Not, not easily. Not easy at all. I mean, you know, I would have our, I would have certain groups read it and then try to share that knowledge with others. And the way that the lens I would look through it and read it is going to be far different than someone out working in the plant in that example. Right. And so the, why visual tools? There can be a visual tool that represents maybe half of the book you read. You can print it out, have people put it on the walls, distribute it through the plant, have a tool of the month, say it's a tool that focuses on being a servant leader. But it's a visual tool. How do I? How am I a leader that's really for other people and not for myself and not against them? Mm-hmm. If that's our focus, we want to be those kind of leaders in every in in every interaction. You can scale that tomorrow. So that's kind of why Giant and one of the powerful things about bringing in Giant is you it, you can scale. You can scale it and actually create a language that everyone's using. Okay. Now that's that's really good. That's it. Hey, Izzy. So my last question: mm-hmm. What? Uh, what's one piece of advice that you want to leave our listeners with today as we close out today's podcast? Yeah, so maybe just maybe just something practical. If 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 through this listening to this podcast, you're wondering, I wonder what my broccoli is. I wonder if I have blind spots. Maybe I'm doing some things that are causing challenge for other people. Pick someone, one person. It could be in your family. It could be in your organization. It can be in your church and just a friend and ask them. Is there something I'm doing <laughs> that could be undermining my influence with other people that I'm not seeing? And, you know, it it's, it's, takes courage to ask that question. It actually takes courage to respond when someone asks. I actually asked my uh, 
I'm sorry, she's 15 now, 15-year-old daughter the other day, you know, is there something I'm doing, <laughs> you know, that can like drive you and mm-hmm. you and your brother crazy? And, and he, you know what she said to me? She said, Mom, just say it once. Mm. Sometimes when you're trying to, you know, correct us or having a conversation, you'll say it more than once. Just say it one time and like let it go. You don't have to say it two and three and four times. And I was like, thank you so much for saying that. Yeah. I'm going to work on it. Please let me know yeah. when I don't do a good job. <laughs> when you say that, it makes me think my children are the same age as yours. Yeah. And so my 15-year-old especially, okay, I would say it once if they would go and do it. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. they don't do it, so that's why I have to remind them. You may not right, have that right. problem, but I know that I do. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. you know. <laughs> I think she was saying like if I'm making a point okay, or if I'm coaching okay. them on something. Gotcha. I'll gotcha. say it like three or four times. Yeah. Just one time, Mom, we that's got good. it the first time. Yeah, that's good. So that's an example, but I think just a pra- my advice would be go ask somebody and see, no, that's good. see what they have for you. Yeah, that's real good. Ezzy, thank you for being with us today. It's been really, I've, I've been blessed for you to be on our podcast today. So hopefully our listeners will think we'll feel the same way. Oh man, thank you for having me. Yep. It's been fun. That's good. All right, everyone, take care and thanks for listening and God bless. If you'd like to continue the journey with us, please subscribe on iTunes and leave us a review and let us know how we're doing. If there's specific topics you'd like to hear, be sure to put that in the comments as well. We'll be launching a new podcast on the first Wednesday of every month. If you know others that would get benefit from listening to this podcast, please share it with them. And we'll be seeing you guys next month.